Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Connor Peters Podcast. Sorry it's been such a long hiatus, but there wasn't a whole lot to talk about since the World Cup final. And finally, though, the dark, dark, dark run of summer is coming to an end where we actually have stuff going on to discuss. So, in honor of that, I bring Jay Boyd in, one of my friends from college, who is also the football team manager at UVA, and we discuss UVA football, we discuss Pac-12 football, we discuss Big 12 football, and uh, just kind of touch on those conferences, also talk about how UVA has been just terrible for the past six, seven years, and what they can do to kind of bounce the program back and try to get back to at least consistently making a bowl game, and if they're ever going to beat Virginia Tech. Also, fun fact, I learned that the Nebraska, I'm sorry, Nebraska is actually in the Big 12, so that was really fun. Uh, Jay corrected me on that, and he also corrected me on a few other things, so I got to learn some stuff. You guys are going to hear some different takes about college football. It was a really good time recording this, Um, so sit back and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Connor Peters Podcast. Today we have a special edition college football palooza for you. Ton to go over, lot to review. I'm actually really, really excited um, because we've got Jay Boyd on here today. And Jay uh, has done extensive research, extensive analysis. He's our go-to correspondent for all things college football. Jay, uh, tell us your thoughts. Well, it's pretty top-heavy year of college football, if you ask me, honestly. There's the Big Three, and then there's everybody else. The Big Ten is completely up for grabs this year, especially after the recent Urban Meyer allegations. We'll see what happens. As a result of that, um, I'm looking at Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State at the top of the Big Ten. And I think it's a collision course for Alabama, Georgia, the SEC title game, and Hey, wait, yeah. we can't spoil everything for these people. Come on now. <laughs> They're going to stop listening after a minute. <laughs> That's what I thought. It was a pretty generic question. It was a very so. very generic question. I was hoping you were going to say, well, I had a pretty good day at work. Um, I should have phrased it differently. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not just going to be a generic ESPN analyst and say, hey, it's going to be a great year of college football. I'm going to tell you what I think. Well, I like that about you. That's why you're here. So actually, we have a lot to talk about. Um, We're going to hit every major conference, uh, kind of review a lot of different aspects of college football. It's changed quite a bit um, over the years, especially now with the bowl games where star players are just sitting out. Uh, But overall, it's still the same because Alabama's winning national championships. So, I mean, come on. It hasn't changed anything since... Texas. Uh, Alabama's always always to be reckoned with at the top. So let's start off. Um, I thought you had a great idea. So for those of you that don't know, uh, me and Jay became friends at uh, UVA. Jay was actually the manager for the football team, and during his tenure there, he got to witness us win 14 total games. He has a lot of knowledge about winning and experience uh, football no, teams. We, we got 15 wins. 15. Don't, don't sell it short. <laughs> Sorry. Clemson got 15 wins when they won the national championship. Uh, we got 15 years over four years, or 15 wins over four years. So, Isn't, isn't that great? That's, that's, a, that's a winning and successful program. Yeah, we didn't even win as many games as the Patriots won in that one regular season, man. Yeah, that's not good. That's not no. how we drew it up. So. No, not at all. 
hey, at least my, none of us made $2 million for it. I mean, Mike London was just raking in the cash. Lucky guy. Lucky fella there. So, turned out you don't have to be very good at football to get paid for being a football coach. Hey, if you can recruit well, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you just need to be able to coach those recruits. That's true. Like, if you just have a promise, a promise of we're going to get better because of the recruits are bringing in, and then they never get better, you'll last at least six years. Magically, that, that's the magic of Mike Lennon football there. There it is. Simple as that. Go get paid. So Him and Coach Cal would get along. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> all right, we're not going to go into college basketball yet. Uh, we got a few more months for that. So starting that, off. That's how, that, that's how we bonded, college basketball. That is actually how we bonded. So uh, we actually got front row seats for, I mean, years to UVA basketball. Um, Jay had a front row seat to UVA football, which is really cool because he got to go some really cool trips. Um Actually, before because we, we're going to start off by actually talking about UVA football, uh, just because we want need to talk about it, and it's a little appetizer for what's to come because uh, we're going to be hitting on all the actual major college football programs after. Uh, but Jay, do you mind just telling us your number one memory from being on the like football team, being with them all like every day? What was the one thing you remember best about it? And uh, it can be a good or a bad memory. Oh well, the. The easy answer is to say the camaraderie between the managers that we all had. But um, in terms of, of specific football memory, traveling to the Rose Bowl, that was that was something else. Got to see Josh Rosen's very first college football game. Torched us for over 300 yards, threw a few touchdowns. But, man, the Rose Bowl is something else. Even if it's just for UCLA home game, all the tradition there. You just can't you can't put a price on that that level of an experience, man. That I I can't even imagine. I've been out here for almost a year. I haven't even been there. Um, but everyone who's ever been there tells me it's just incredible. You were talking about it. I mean, nonstop, and I don't blame you because uh, Rosen watching him play that first game was just incredible. Though, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I saw. I was very lucky to see several elite quarterbacks play in my time. Um, Specifically, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Josh Rosen, but I'll stop there because they're all in the NFL, piloting NFL franchises now. But man, those were three of the really best out there. Taj Boyd at Clemson too. A lot of people forget about him because he kind of fizzled out when he got to the NFL. But I was thinking was Taj too. Yeah, I, he was something else in college with that receiving core: Sammy Watkins, Mike Williams, man, Martavius Bryant. Yeah, Martavius Bryant. <laughs> No, it's yeah. We uh, we saw some really good games. Uh, our team just never got close to any of them. So, or good players. We saw great players play. That was good. Yeah, we lost a combined what one hundred and thirty eight to twenty to Oregon and Clemson that one year. Yeah. Um. No. No. no not that bad. Um. It was a hundred and twelve. Hundred. Yeah. No. Fifty nine to ten and fifty nine to ten. I just can't do math. Oh, it was 15. I thought it was 56. I forgot. Yep. Uh, it's hard to keep track. So 59. Uh, there we go. 118. There it is. Yeah, it, it felt like 138 points, honestly. In, one, in just one game. <laughs> but the worst memory is easily the Boise State game, that Friday night game, when we just got torched on our home field, when they picked off the first pass of the game. and That was a pick six, right? It was, it was 14 nothing before... Before people had staggered into their seats from their pregames, man. It's funny because me and A Rod were uh, A Rod. Actually, my roommate was his name, Alex Rodriguez, in college. For everybody that doesn't know, um, but me and A Rod went to a bar just to watch a little bit and grab a few drinks. 
and we sat down and oh, it was seven nothing, and then all of a sudden it was fourteen nothing. We're like, well, we'll just hang out here the rest of the night. <laughs> like, the next day it was like Fire Mike London was on Beta Bridge, so. Yeah, and I had to suffer through it. I couldn't leave. I had to stay till the very end and Good time. some. Yeah, I, I can only imagine how that felt, staying till the end. Yeah, it's right up there with the Ball State game in terms of what the heck, guys. I would have thought, no, the, my worst memory would have been is uh, Notre Dame. Oh, my God. But that, the atmosphere there was electric, though. I've never seen Scott Stadium that that hyped for a game. So we, I, know we, I, I know we lost, but that was... That was on another level. So, guys, we almost beat Notre Dame. Um, there's a famous meme, I'm sure, out there. It's uh, the kid laying across the bricks because they scored a touchdown on us with, like, 10 seconds left to win the game. Um, and that was absolutely disheartening. But that was UVA football in a nutshell for the past uh, 24 years of my life. So. Yeah, Will Fuller torching, I think it was Kennedy. Kennedy, oh, yeah. That, that was my boy, yeah, because I used to call him Toast. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that was Tim Harris who called Toast. Oh, that's right. No, you. Are, that's exactly right. Was it against Tim Harris? I, I thought it was against Kennedy because Kennedy would have been the one covering him there. Yeah, yeah, no, Kennedy, it was. It was Kennedy, yep. Because no way it was. I was disappointed because he had had a pretty good game. And Tim Harris was probably injured because he's back on the <laughs> roster again this year somehow. Yes. So speaking of back on the roster, um, so we'll go. We'll stop going down memory lane. Uh, so right now we got a new football coach. We got Bronco Mendenhall. He's in for his third year. Quick recap: Last year we overachieved by winning six games and making it to a bowl game. I mean, it was a big year for us. So Jay, uh, last year we beat Boise State. We beat Georgia Tech, um, and actually, two. I mean, we beat the beat the bejesus out of Boise, um, especially after losing to Indiana. That was so disheartening. But where do you see us at this year? What's the team looking like from your perspective? And just uh, give us a little insider information. So I think this is going to be a team that's going to be right on the cusp of bowl contention once again. You just look at the schedule. We're finally learning to schedule a little bit lighter. This way we can get up to those magical six wins and consistently make a bowl appearance so we can make ourselves more appealing to recruits. But I'm looking for Bronco to really open up the playbook this year for transfer quarterback Bryce Perkins. He brings in a whole nother level of um, of <laughs> athleticism that we haven't had in a long, long time, honestly, at the quarterback position. I mean, we had Philip Sims when we were in school, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> Oh and, man, um, he's a little bit more athletic than that, from what I've. Dude, Philip Simmons so was like forty-five pounds overweight. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to get too much into him. You and I have talked off uh, air a bunch about him. We have. I, it's just funny because Phil Simms, for anybody that doesn't know, was out competing with McCarron, right, for the starting quarterback role. Oh, yeah. It was McCarron. Okay. Yeah, so I remember he was competing uh, for it, and he just didn't get it. Not a big deal. Um, at Alabama. Sorry. So, And he transfers to Virginia, and everybody gets really excited. And I remember he goes on the field, and I'm just sitting there like, yeah, this is a big boy. Yeah, and people forget he, I'm pretty sure, set all sorts of passing records in Virginia at Oscar Smith High School. And he was the top-rated quarterback in the state. And I think he might have almost been a five-star recruit even. He was, yeah, um, he was. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure we offered him, but when you get an offer from a school like Alabama and you're in the in line for the starting job, I mean, you can't pass that up. Well, then it also hurts your case when you have five kids by the age of 21. I said I wasn't going to go there. I, I'm sorry. I went there. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
well, hey, you know what? It's all right. Yeah. He followed fellow great uh, Alabama player Trent Richardson, who had four kids at his draft day party. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> that was uh, fun. He was not Alabama's best product ever. He, hey, he was a great, great college running back, just probably not a good pro. Yeah, I wonder which was higher, his yards per carry in the NFL or the average Alabama player's GPA. Ooh, good question. I like where your head's at. We'll come back to that later. Um, yeah, circle I back. Will. Circle back. All right, so in all seriousness, though, let's knock out the UVA here so we can actually talk about real teams. <laughs> This is what happens all the time when we talk. We always get sidetracked. Completely. And I, you know, honestly, we could do a whole podcast on just every, like just UVA football. But yeah, let's move aside. Um, so right now, our schedule's looking pretty good. The only issue I have, and this is just a personal preference and personal issue, is uh, our schedule is just cookie cutter. Like, why would I get season tickets for these? Like, we're playing Liberty for senior night. Are you joking? Well, we're going to win. So. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we probably will. But... We also were going to beat UMBC, so. Oh boy! I mean, hey, we have to make fun of ourselves now. We have to laugh at ourselves. It's okay. We're going to get over it. We just got a big recruit yesterday for basketball. So, what, which was more devastating, the Syracuse game or that game? Syracuse, because I I cut off, I cut off yeah. the UMBC game um, at halftime because I was just like, we look so bad. I don't think we're going. Like, I don't know if we're going to win this. And then I got texts and calls, and it was like, oh, my God. And I got home, and we lost by 20. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. That makes me feel better. Sarah? Syracuse, I, I remember watching that game with, with John Tell. Oh, boy. John, that was, uh, I was so – I've never been more irate in my entire life. There's two nights, actually, I can stand by and say I was never angrier then. That night was one, and number two is when Steph Curry hit the three against us in, like, February against the Thunder to win the game at, like, half court. Oh, man. I, I remember that. I think you were in my room with that. I happened. was. We were watching it, and I remember we UVA just beating Carolina in basketball that night, and Jay had to say, which would you have rather had, us winning tonight or Steph Curry hitting that three? And I said, well, us winning tonight, of course, but, I mean, I really would have liked both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as, as you do. You as, yeah. everything. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a greedy. I'm a greedy little... That's so be at times. Okay, so. let's get let's stop this. Let's yeah, get let's stop. We're good. We're good. Okay, so okay, ignoring so that, we need. Uh, I'm just gonna jump right in. Jump so right in. Don't... Can we call it like it is? Can we beat Virginia Tech this year? I I'm just not sure. Virginia Tech had a bunch of bad headlines in the off season with their quarterback getting suspended for a little bit, but we'd have to go into Lane Stadium and win. That place gets electric whenever they play us. Honestly. A blind squirrel, though, can find a nut. So, Yeah, but it's taken 14 years for the squirrel to find that nut. Hey, we're getting there, though. I just That's all I care about. Like, I know you've highlighted, like, Jay's done a great job. He's shown, like, what games he thinks are important, and I love that. I also, though, and just personally at this point, like, we just need to beat Virginia Tech. So, Jay, what player to you is going to help us beat Virginia Tech? Well, I've already mentioned him, Bryce Perkins. We... We need to be great at the quarterback position to beat Virginia Tech, period. We can't settle for running it up the middle for a four-yard gain. We need to just get, get them on the outside. Jay, come on now. Four yards, please. It's second <sighs> It's second and eight every time. Like They don't even run first down play. They just put second and eight on the board. Third and six. Let's throw a two-yard screen pass. <laughs> and thus, my audience has experienced Virginia football. <laughs> yeah, but outside of Tech for a second, we just need to win a road game. 
that's what we need to do. We we beat Boise State last year. That was great. We beat Carolina, we to, didn't we? Yeah, but we need to win road games consistently because when you and I were there, I'm pretty sure we won less than four road games the entire time. Yeah, because so, yeah, home games are great. Our home schedule is pretty favorable outside of Miami. I'm kind of writing that one off, but. We, we just need to win a road game, whether that's Indiana, Duke, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech. We need we just need to win one or two of those. Yeah. I got there's I only think, seven I home games. At, at NC State's going to be tough. That's why I didn't mention that. No, it's, I was looking at it. We have seven home games. So the truth is, I mean, if you can go five and two at home. So you beat Richmond, Ohio, um, UNC, Pittsburgh, Liberty, right? You're probably losing to Miami and Louisville, I just have a feeling. So... And then if you can just beat Duke on the road, um, Indiana, NC State, or Georgia Tech, that's not too bad. I mean, that's a pretty solid season. I think if we come out of the gates 3-0, and I would feel really good as a UVA fan about going to a bowl. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, yeah, completely. Because I the, I mean, one, we, we should be coming out 2-1 two and, two and one at the worst. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but beating Indiana just be good just to get that notch on your belt. And then Louisville game four is going to be tough. You know, I always hated that game because we always we played them our fourth year, I think. Third year. We played Louisville around the same time. And I always hate that time because it's pretty hot still. It doesn't feel like a real f- football season just yet, you know? Um, yeah, it, it, either way, if we're 3-1 and one after the Louisville game, if yeah. we're able to somehow beat them, then we're looking pretty good for a ball berth this year. If we could go 4-1 and one to start the season, which is very optimistic, that'd be beating Louisville and State, who some people have winning the ACC um, Atlantic, which we'll get to later. Yes, um, right. If we can come 4-1 and one out of that, I feel unbelievable. Like, I feel very, very, very good. Because right, we'd be going exactly. into a bye. So, but either way, if we're 3-2, and two, I like it because... We're just close. We just beat Virginia Tech. That's all I care about. I don't care about going to a bowl game as much. We just beat Tech. That's all I want. And I get. I guess I shouldn't write off the Miami game completely since we have a bye week right before it, and anything's possible. And we're not dealing with Mike London post bye week. We have Bronco Mendenhall post bye week. So you never know. We, we gave them a bit of a scare last year for about three quarters. And, and Jay, I do want to do like just for the listeners because uh, I mean we've talked so much about this, but. Can you just tell the people what your experience was under Coach London compared to Mendenhall? And you're with Mendenhall for like a month, right? Yeah, so Mendenhall, he's he's very, very focused. He's not a guy who's going to yell and be the loudest person in the room necessarily all the time. He's very focused. He knows exactly what he wants, and he's very, very, very disciplined. That was one of the first things I noticed when he came in. He made sure that the team had discipline, whether that was on the field or off the field. Um, because as you saw when we were in school, we had the stupidest penalties that were a direct result of not much discipline, unfortunately. And I think Bronco recognized that, and he he grabbed the horns immediately and just drove, basically, until everybody was completely disciplined. Obviously, no, no college team can be completely disciplined, but he did about as good of a job as you can. Thank you. And what was your experience under Coach London? If you can just, uh, in, a, in a few words, just do, do people, well, give people a little something there. <laughs> well, not as disciplined. You said a few words, not as disciplined. <laughs> oh, that's very, very bureaucratic of you. Well, like, some things.
things would happen in the locker room and nothing would really be done. And if something had been happening for a couple of years, he wouldn't act on it until my fourth year, for example. <laughs> so um, Zacchaeus, my uh, parents went and saw uh, Tony Bennett speak and Zacchaeus was there, right? And he said, and his one takeaway was under Coach London, he thought it was very uh, businesslike. Where under Coach Mendenhall, he felt it's been very family oriented, um, and he said it just feels very different. Like he really cares about the players. Um, do you think that's a direct result of him just being very focused and trying to like make sure every player is utilized in the right way? Oh yeah, definitely. I I agree with that. Uh, Alameda knows as well as anybody since he's been one of the best players on the field for us the past couple of years. Um, I mean, Mendenhall has a very family-like atmosphere, like he said, just because they're, they're just close and it is a team now. It's it's great to see, and I think it's going to bode well in the future. They have more of these drills these days that are team-bonding exercises, whether that's earning your number, um, conditioning tests, which we didn't have before, um, That, to my knowledge, at least. I don't want to completely go off the rails, but like offensive linemen have to reach a certain number then everybody else has to reach a certain number in a certain length of a sprint. Um, It just brings everybody closer together as a team because if somebody has been struggling for a while and they finally get over the top, you just see everybody else on the team um, get behind that guy and it's awesome. And it also is nice because they can all bond together and hate one singular person for making them do this. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's that, too. <laughs> That's at this point. So uh, thank you guys for entertaining our UVA football talk there. Um, we can honestly go on for a lot, lot longer. However, we've got more stuff to cover. Uh, so let's just jump right in. So what we'd like to do here is we're going to cover each conference. Um, we're going to basically focus on teams to watch, players to watch, uh, games to watch that we're really excited about, and we know throughout the season are going to be big ones. Uh, we aren't going to jump right into your SEC and Big Ten uh, because there are other conferences, shockingly. So we're going to jump into the Pac-12, which I would say is probably the weakest of the Power Fives. Would that be an accurate assumption? Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. Now, they do might have one of the best players, but we'll, we'll talk about him in just a second. So... Let's focus, though, right now, uh, Jay, I mean, you've, you've been looking through it. What is your, like, teams to watch for the Pac-12 season? Okay, well, I think it's fairly top-heavy. Washington at the top, obviously. They got Browning coming back at quarterback. Still got Miles Gaskin in at running back. They've been a dynamic duo for a couple of years now. They're both seniors now. Uh, look for them to be the leaders of that team with – Chris Peterson, the offensive mastermind, running the helm. So I'd say they're probably the favorite right now. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, yeah. I, the one thing that stands out for me is uh, – we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But I, the one the one bit of the Pac-12 I like is – because like you said, it is top-heavy. So, I mean, I, of course, like Washington. But there are only two other teams I can even see competing with them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, it doesn't really make a huge difference for me, you know? Yeah, yeah, but the one team I would think a lot of teams would watch out for in the Pac-12 is Arizona with their presumed Heisman candidate quarterback Tate. He's pretty. He's a pretty interesting fellow there. No, I agree. The other team, um, and I mean, yeah, Arizona's. A, they're kind of a 
really odd oddball team. I got to watch a lot of them out here um, only because it's just, I mean, it's later, so it makes it easier to watch. But uh, right. we got really, got really lucky by watching some of their games because they actually played a fast pace. We're going to score as many points as possible style, and they just do not care about defense. It feels a lot like the Big 12, quite frankly. It's just typical, uh, typical Coach Rich Rod Rich Rodriguez, in Arizona yeah. there. Yeah, Rich Rodriguez, a blast from the past. If you guys don't remember, he coached um, West Virginia those yep. years back when they were uh, pretty good. And then he ended up bailing for greener pastures at Michigan, which was an absolute disaster. Yep. I mean, he's so Rich Rod was running the helm there, obviously, so his culture's still there, but we have to. We have to note that Kevin Sumlin's the head coach there now. Wait, where? At Arizona. Oh, dude, I am so sorry. I completely forgot. Good call. Yeah, it it jogged my memory all of a sudden that they just changed That's right. Oh, I forgot they got rid of him. Oh, sorry, everyone. Well, there's your Rich Rod update. So look for – no, okay. So that 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 makes my point even more so. Uh, Look for – Look for someone to really bring out the best in Tate, who was really electrifying last year. Johnny Football, Kenny Trill. I mean, those oh are someone products. Yeah, I mean, call it like <laughs> it is. So, uh, but let's let's focus. I like I want to really get in here on Stanford and USC are the only other two teams I see competing. I think UCLA is going to be rebranding under Chip Kelly this year. Um, it's going to be another yeah. year or two. But Washington, we we should note Washington 100. doesn't even play USC this year. No. So. That's another reason why I think they're the favorite to. If any team is going to make it to the playoff out of the Pac-12, it would be Washington. No, and I like that. I think it's a, yeah, I 100% agree. Peterson's done a great job there. Um, he really turned it around, uh, really. And then he got into the, I can't remember which bowl game. I think it was like the Sugar Bowl technically, but they were in the playoff playing against Alabama two years ago, um, and mm-hmm. then they got pretty much steamrolled. And then Deshaun Watson went and steamrolled Ohio State leading Clemson then to their first national title the next uh, week, which was, oh, that was incredible. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's pretty much, I hate saying it, but Pac-12 football, if you look at the Reggie Bush, Matt Leiner days, and then the Andrew Luck days, Pac-12 really hasn't done a whole lot. Yeah, you look at you look at the big matchups in the Pac-12 this year. Obviously, the big one is going to be, um, Washington hosting Stanford on October 27th. That's going to determine the uh, the Pac-12 North. Sorry, that's November 3rd. But close enough. Um, that's going to determine that division most likely, and I don't see how USC doesn't come out of the Pac-12 South. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, they're always upset, so we always are. We're going to anticipate upsets, of course. Um, but the Pac-12, I just don't think is going to deliver them necessarily. Stanford always ends up losing, though, kind of one flute game, which I find interesting every year. Um, they have a tough schedule, so I don't know if they're going to make the playoff, but they play USC Week 2, Notre, okay. Notre yeah. Dame Week 5. Uh, then, I mean, at Notre Dame, especially in South Bend, that's going to be a tough game. And then, of course, Washington, then they end the year at UCLA. It's not going to be an easy road for Stanford, but they probably have the best player in the conference in Bryce Love. Yeah, and one team that you might want to watch in addition, I know they're ranked in the AP Top 25, so it's not exactly Dark Horse, but Oregon, True. they're all, they're always up there, and they got a pro prospect and quarterback, Justin Herbert. Um, not a lot of people haven't heard of him outside of the West Coast, really, but he he's getting some looks at the NFL, and I think he could be a pretty solid uh, player for them this year, obviously. Cool. 
Well, thank you. Actually, I didn't even know about that. So good. Um, all right. So we're going to do a quick segment. Um, our highs, actually, pause. Let's go into USC. Sorry, we didn't even touch them. Unbelievable. Yeah. We've got to talk <laughs> about USC. Wow. That's, I mean, that's right down the road from me. So uh, USC football this year, a huge game against Texas. I am really excited about that. Uh, because yeah, you, you as a Texas fan, I bet. <laughs> we were so close to winning that game last year. So, guys, just to let you know, UVA football was so bad growing up. My dad told me to pick a second team, and I picked Texas. And crazy thing is, Jay, actually, his second team is Oklahoma. Yep. So we get to root against each other once a year. It's a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, so I really think that USC-Texas game is going to be a ton of fun to watch. But, Jay, uh, what are your thoughts on USC this year? Todd Helton um, has done a really good job so far with them, but they don't have Clay Sam Helton. Donald. Clay, Clay Helton. Clay Todd Helton's, <laughs> Helton's the baseball player. Thanks to Todd Helton. Oh, my gosh. That's Wow, I'm so sorry. I'm mixing everything up here today. Sorry, Pac-12. Sorry. Well, sorry, it's, Pac- it's, almost, it's almost 11 p.m. out here on the East Coast, so uh, excuse me if I mess anything up. Yeah, thanks for dropping that. Now everybody knows it's 8 o'clock here, and I'm just being an idiot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's it's after work, so it is after anything work. goes. Good point. So, uh, but no, in all seriousness, uh, we've got Clay Helton there. He's done a really good job so far. Uh, what are your thoughts on USC? How far can they go without Sam Darnold? Well, I think their schedule sets up pretty favorably, but they've got some tough road games this year at Stanford and at Texas back to back to start out the year. I'm looking at USC if they start out. Two and one, or if they if they start out three and zero, they might have a shot at the playoff. But I'm expecting them to probably end up two and one out of there, losing to either Stanford or Texas. Um, at Utah is always a tough game. Uh, they they've got always some solid players out there, and nobody knows what UCLA is going to do this year. They have to travel to the Rose Bowl, so that's always one to keep an eye on. And obviously, the end of the year Notre Dame matchup is always a big one. Yeah. No. Um... They're, that's pretty much everything. Yeah, their schedule is really difficult. It's uh-huh. that's my only issue with college football uh, compared to basketball. Is college football, if you lose a game, I mean, it puts you in such a bad situation. Like if you can win a tough schedule, you're in the playoff. Right. Exactly. But losing one game, all of a sudden, it's like, well, you know, they did lose at Stanford. You're like, well, Stanford's a top ten team, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know. Fine. Um, all right, great. So let's do predictions from there. Uh, so who do you have coming out of the North and the South? I got Washington versus USC in the Pac-12. I, I, I'm taking the easy road out. Yeah, I mean, that's. I know it's an easy road there, but I um, I like that. I was going to go, yeah, I mean, I hate saying it, but Washington, I just think, is better than Stanford. And USC is an easier pick because there's not much competition there. So I'm in the same boat. Who's your uh, Pac-12 championship at the end of the year? Oh, I think Washington's probably going to end up with it. I, I'm not giving. We haven't given any love to Bryce Love yet. All right, I let's really talk, about Let's him. give a little bit. Well, I mentioned him once, but yeah, no, he's. All right, so let's talk about him because let's call it like it is. He's easily the Heisman. Probably, I mean, not probably. He's the Heisman frontrunner right now. Stanford running back Bryce Love. For those of you who don't know. Yes. So Bryce Love last year had 2,100 yards and 19 touchdowns. Unbelievable season. He averaged like eight yards per carry. No one's done that since Reggie Bush. Okay? This kid's legit. I mean, incredible talent. Jay, do you see him putting up similar numbers this year or taking maybe a step back? Or do you think he can even improve on what he did? Oh, I think I think the sky's the limit for that guy. Anytime you have an offensive line like you do at Stanford, 
anything goes. You got those big uglies up front, probably the best offensive line in the Pac-12. With a talent like Bryce Love, I can easily see him replicating what he did last year. All right. Uh, I like that. I mean, I do. So if he replicates that, would you say he's the Heisman Trophy winner? Uh, it's a little bit early to say who the Heisman Trophy winner is going to be, but I can easily That's see him going to, New York, going to New York City. Perfect. What we'll do here is that in every conference, we're going to pick a Heisman Trophy uh, preseason player to look, look out for. Um, so I'd agree. Like Bryce Love's easily coming out of the Pac-12. That's my person. You know, that's my guy. Unless he gets hurt, that's the only way he doesn't make it there. So agreed. Agreed. Cool. All right. Well, Pac-12 um, and then champion. Do you have Washington or USC? I got Washington. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I hate taking chalk here, but um, I got Washington too. The one game I will say uh, to look out for Week One. They play Auburn. That's huge. Yes, and. I do think Auburn is a tad bit overrated heading into this year, but that's for another conference. Yeah, we'll talk about them in a bit. But, yeah, so I like that, though. Um, Auburn-Washington, huge matchup week one. Watch out. That's gonna, I mean, that's game of the week. It's in Atlanta, so it's going to be Yeah, it, it, it says neutral site, but let's be honest. Auburn's right next door. Hey, good for Washington, though, for making that trip in all seriousness. That is, I mean, that's big time. That's how you make the playoffs. Hey, you have to. Got to beat to be the best. You got to beat the best. Um, all right. Well, awesome. Pack twelve. Now we've got them taken care of. Uh, next conference I just want to take a look at um, is another one. Uh, Big twelve. Um, now, quite frankly, I hate saying it, but we kind of the Pack twelve is the one where you're like, I don't know if they have a playoff team. Every team going forward now, we know who we're looking at, what what we're looking at. The Big twelve. They've been substandard. They're probably gonna be more substandard this year, just because Oklahoma was so good last year. Um, but Jay, right now we have an Oklahoma's seven. Um, we have TCU sixteen. Uh, who else? West Virginia seventeen and Texas twenty three. Would of all those teams? Because the pack, this is the one team that doesn't have a conference champion or championship game. Sorry. Uh, who do you think could make it the farthest? Well. This is, this is like asking me to choose between um, favorite children, basically. Like, I have to – and my only child's Oklahoma in this case. So, <laughs> I mean, th- th- this is tough for me. I, I, Oklahoma is still returning a lot of talent. I know they lost um, Orlando Brown, left tackle. Oh, yeah, that kid uh, who won the Heisman last year again, Connor? Um, yeah, he was pretty good. He was pretty uh, good. Yeah, he yeah, also uh, – I saw him lose to Georgia, too, so keep talking. Oh, man, I, Still, still bleeding after that. One. Um, <laughs> By the way, that was yeah. the best college football game I've seen in a long time. Though that was oh incredible. Oh my god, that was heartbreaking. Completely. I, I'm sure it's great for you seeing that cocky Baker Mayfield go down. Yeah, it was also nice because rooting for Georgia, obviously, and uh, they came back and won that game. So yeah, if it makes yeah, you feel better, true. yeah, you were winning at one point. That's yeah, okay though. I know. Well, uh, okay, so. I need to need to catch you again on something you said earlier. Big Twelve does have a championship game. It's just, it, it returned last year for the first time, so I won't fault you on that. Oh, uh, I'm I'm sorry, guys. I'm just gonna stop talking, Jay. Just take it over from here. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Oklahoma. They're gonna have probably Kyler Murray in a quarterback. I mean, he just got drafted by the A's ninth overall in the MLB. So this is gonna be his last year at Oklahoma. Um. The highest paid college football player, allegedly, because he's getting that MLB contract soon. So, um, Oklahoma's got a pretty favorable schedule. They 
the two opportunities that I see for them getting tripped up, um, traveling to TCU, that'll be tough. But the last game of the year, at West Virginia on a Friday night, I think that's Thanksgiving Friday. Oh, yeah. That's really tough. West Virginia always gives Oklahoma a good fight. It's turning into a nice little rivalry because West Virginia didn't really have any rivals when they came into the Big 12. But uh, Holgerson's put together a pretty solid squad down at West Virginia with their returning star quarterback, Will Greer. Yeah, I like Will Greer a lot. Um, He's my pick actually out of here for Heisman Trophy contender. Um, Oh, okay. All right. I mean, he can just sling it. So for those who don't remember, he actually was at Florida. Um, and is now here at West Virginia. I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited actually to see what they do down there. Holgerson has a fun team always. It's the Big Twelve. They're going to score points here. So I love watching Big Twelve because it's basically arena arena league football. Well, and don't forget, Will Greer is the preseason um, first team quarterback for the AP as well. Oh, did they name him for preseason number well, first team? Yeah, and West Virginia's also got David Sills the fifth, their wide receiver in there in the first team. That's right. Wow. Okay. Yeah, they're stacked. So West Virginia is a fun team to look out for. Uh, thoughts on uh, TCU? So I'll, I'll talk about Texas briefly here. Um, so I like Texas. A, I mean, I'm a big Texas guy. Rooted for them for years. I'm be honest. I think they're highly overrated right now. I think I can't disagree. Obviously, I mean, they're they're there for name only, and I'm okay with that. But Texas has to get a big one. They've been talking for years, are they back, are they back? And then when Texas is back, they beat Oklahoma, they'll turn around and lose to Iowa State the next week. So what needs to happen is this year, Tom under uh, Tom Herman, basically you got to beat, got to beat Maryland because that's the whole thing's a fiasco, but start off 2-0, and and then the next two games are USC and TCU. Those are going to be tough. If you can start 3-1, and one, great. That's an incredible start there, and ideally you beat TCU so you can try to make a push for the Big 12 championship. That's kind of, I I see their path in. I mean, truth is, in college football, you guys got to win games. I mean, you got to win all your games pretty much to get there. So, I mean, it's stupid if I go down the list and say win these games, but uh, biggest game of the year has to be the Oklahoma game for Texas. Um, yep, always is. Always is. Uh, shoot. This year's going to be a lot of fun. It's always a good time. I just got tired of Baker Mayfield, though. I think Texas ends up pulling it off this year. I wouldn't put it past you guys, honestly. Because that's the one game they get up for. And Texas has had a top 10 recruiting class three of the past four years. So they should have talent. It's just a matter of if they show up. Right, yeah. And like you said, they they have a couple opportunities to make early season statements three of their first six games. If they win any of those three USC, TCU, Oklahoma, that, that's a sign of good things to come for the program. Very much so. And that's all. The program, they're about winning national championships. I get it. And making it to big bowl games. But in all seriousness, all they want is, I mean, they you got to beat those rivals. You have to compete against Oklahoma. If you can beat USC, great. If you can beat TCU, fantastic. And then compete against, you know, Oklahoma State and um, – West Virginia. And that's, I mean, that's pretty much your bread and butter right there. Kansas, you're going to win that one. You're going to win Iowa State. You're probably going to win Texas Tech. You're probably going to win Baylor. You're probably going to win Kansas State. That's not the issue. It's all the other games. I mean, those are the ones you have to focus on. Tom Herman knows it. That's what he's come in for. But we'll see, you know? Yeah, Um, how much do you, uh, speaking of rivalries, how much do you miss playing those weasels over at A&M? 
You know, it's funny. I do miss it a lot because, I mean, I can't stand them. A&M is essentially the Virginia Tech of Texas, so a bunch of hillbillies, and <laughs> I'm going to stop. Um, yeah. But A&M was always fun to kind of beat up on, uh, especially during the Colt McCoy, Vince Young days because, I mean, they're just awful for years. And then it was nice not playing them when Johnny Manziel showed up because that wouldn't have been fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you said it all there. You, you know a lot more about it coming from the Texas perspective than I do. Oh, yeah. It was a good time. I remember Colt McCoy, um, when I was in high school, had a uh, he ran like a 60-yard touchdown against A&M, and I just remember being like, oh, my gosh, I mean, that's that defense. That's worse than Swiss cheese right there. <laughs> Classic Big 12. Like, yeah, I mean, this final score is like 48 to 41. You're like, okay. So... Um, all right, well, Big 12, though, so uh, I just looked it up, and I do apologize, everyone. I should have been on it before, but Big 12, um, their divisions. Uh, right now, Jay, who do you see coming out of each division, and what are your expectations? Well, I expect Oklahoma to win their division, of course. I mean, you're not going to really get me to pick either way there. Um, and then I think it's really up for grabs otherwise. It's hard to predict everything else in the Big 12, just because it's so wide open. I think TC and West Virginia are on a pretty similar playing field right now, honestly. No, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much right. I, mean, I don't trying to think TCU. TCU is pretty good. Um, yeah, they're, pretty, they're just a standard program. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got good coaching. They're probably the best defense in the Big 12, honestly. My just concern is if you're in the North, uh, the North just doesn't have any talent. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, is Nebraska coming out of the North with a five and five record? You know, like, what? What are you even talking about? Nebraska's in the Big Ten. There are no divisions in the Big Twelve, Connor. Oh you my God! Talking. What am I talking about? <laughs> no, what's funny is I was thinking of Nebraska. Didn't they make it to the Big Ten championship last year? So wasn't it just Wisconsin again? Um, let me take a look and check. I've got it's some. Tough it's dude, tough when one of us is doing all the research. Yeah, I'm sorry. Wow, I can't believe I dropped <laughs> Nebraska. What in the world? You know what I was thinking of is I was thinking of Texas Nebraska in 2010 because I was thinking that like that was the game that followed the A&M game, and we almost lost in Adamican Sioux. And so mentally, I'm just like I've got divisions in my head. And yeah, so I'm pretty sure the Big 12 is just like the uh, – actually, I think it's by itself since they only have 10 teams. They just have the best two teams going into the championship game. Well, shoot. See, and guys, I will be better once we talk about the ACC, SEC, and Big 10 because they're all exactly uniform, and I don't need to worry about really silly things. So, <laughs> Such as round-robin schedule. Like, once again, though, in all fairness, the Big 12 has 10 teams. I just – Yeah. That's it. And that's all I'm that's all I'm saying there. Like it doesn't make sense. Big Ten is like fifteen teams. So uh fourteen, sorry. I guess they have to have an even number. So Okay, let's move on. I I before I make even more of a fool for myself. So um yeah. that was part one. Uh Jay, nice job. We're actually gonna continue here, but we're gonna do a separate podcast for that one. Um so they're gonna be split up. Right before we leave though, uh so Jay, do you have Oklahoma coming out? of the Big 12. Um, I'm going to have TCU come out of the Big 12. No, I'm messing with you. Unfortunately, I have Oklahoma there too. 
Um, I I think whether West Virginia is the only team. I hate saying that. But West Virginia, I think, is the only team that can compete with Oklahoma. I think they have too much firepower. If Texas can come out this year and play like the talent that they have, they're fine. But I just don't trust them. Every year they lose. Like last year, we should have beat Maryland. Didn't. Should have beat USC. Didn't. Should have actually beat Oklahoma. Didn't. It's just tiring. So I've stopped. No more faith in them. I think West Virginia, Oklahoma will probably play in the title now because they picked the best two teams, apparently. And yeah, uh, as, we, as we've learned, as we've learned within the past six minutes, um, <laughs> through trial and error, <laughs> you always got to watch out for being tripped up by Kansas State. Though they're always they're always right in there with their triple option offense that they run. You see that Bill Snyder got a contract extension? He's like eighty five. Yeah, he's going to be coaching till he's in the grave, pretty much. Oh yeah, well, he's pretty much yeah, correct. At this point, good for him, man. I mean, he's uh, he's clearly a good football mind. So. Kansas State doesn't run the triple option. They run some kind of power run offense. They run, though. yeah. No, it's they run the um. Don't don't they run like a type of pistol? Yeah, yeah, probably something like. I mean, it's Kansas State. They're not they're not doing much this year. They're they're just gonna win seven games as usual. Yeah, that's uh, it's called a spread power eye. Yeah, whatever that means. It sounds like they okay. just they just took a couple plays from Madden and mashed them up together. <laughs> Perfect. So, all right. And uh, we got Oklahoma coming out of there. Now, we are going to pause here. Um, thank you guys for listening. We're going to have part two of College Football Palooza where I'm going to learn a few things um, and make sure I don't just talk about Todd Helton and Nebraska's run in the Big 12 this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's great. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But uh, tune into that one. Uh, I'm going to post them all, both at the same time. So, Thank you, and we'll continue here shortly.